1: Good morning. Good, good wow. morning. We're starting out on a great note already. Oh, man. Just, <laughs> show's
2: called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine hanging out. Thanks for tuning in. You know, most good shows, they have stuff to talk about. They, no, they have like a flow. <laughs> right and i'm looking so, for so our we, flow we, we
1: neither have a flow nor are we a good show no but, but yeah, like, we'll, we'll try our best
2: as we started this show well pregnant didn't,
1: pause didn't know where to go with it yeah i well, was
2: like you know i wanted to come up with something
1: catchy just yeah. to so make sure that people don't turn us off that's too late <laughs> it's too late it's too late way too late joseph but uh i'll tell you what i think we're going to talk about retirement planning and taxes i i'm sure um, maybe some IRAs in there. Yeah, I got some stuff on Social Security. I got some stats I want to get into. And uh, last but not least, at least for me, I've got uh, some retirement quotes that are kind of fun. And I know we're going to answer your questions.
2: Yes, we got a ton of questions here. So that's that's the meat of the I show. I guess that's the meat.
1: Yeah, well, let's go with some fun facts. All right. Let's start this thing off with a bang. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, Joe. All right, ask me a question. So uh, what do you think the average... Consumer household in the United States, their investable assets. In other words, the assets that they have in their non retirement accounts and their retirement accounts, what would be the average consumer household in the United States?
2: So that's not including real estate. It's liquid assets? Liquid assets. All right. Yep. So primary residence out, any type of investment property out. Yeah. So just, just IRAs, 401ks, yeah. cash mutual funds. Average. So any age from.
1: Yeah. All families. Mm. And by the way, there's, uh, let's see, there's 124 million households in the United States.
2: All right. Well, I saw, Sat, that like 68% have less than 1,000 saved. Right. All right. So,
1: I'm going to guess, um, I don't know, 20 grand? Yeah. That's that's a great uh, answer. However, it's not right. Uh, And the reason is because I sort of tricked you. Average is different than median. Average is going to include all the billionaires, right? True. And so the average uh, consumer household is 318,000. Okay. But that's not a very relevant number. Zero And that's why this thing I have says fun but useless facts. Totally useless. Right. So here's what's more useful is median. So median means half the people in the United States, half the households, have less than this amount and half have more than this amount. And that number is about $8,900. $8,900. Yes, according to Chip Rome. So half have less than
2: $8,000 yes. saved, or yes. $9,000. Yeah, call it
1: $9,000. We'll, we'll call it $10,000. we will round up. You,
2: you know, let's, let's talk about math for a second when it comes to... Finances and financial planning, because okay. math and finance, they kind of go hand in hand, don't they?
1: Yeah, so we, we're we going to lose the rest of our listeners. <laughs> but now. here's
2: the problem, is that when, let's say,
1: a mutual
2: fund manager or portfolio manager, maybe a stockbroker or financial advisor, um, if they're managing assets, there's a couple of different averages that you can talk about, right? Sure. Let's say this, because... When it comes to an average rate of return, is yes. the true thing that you want to know, not just the average return. Sure. Right? And I think the average person doesn't really understand this. Yeah. Because if I have a portfolio, Alan, that loses 30%, but then the next year I gain 30%, what is my average rate of return?
1: Yeah, so it's break-even. It's break zero, it's zero, right? My average return... So you went down 30 and you went up 30. Right. So, you so average 30, 30, 30, 30, average 30, those two together. Minus 30 plus 30 equals zero. Divided by two years, it still equals zero. Still equals zero. So yeah.
2: I should be fine because my average return is zero.
1: Yeah, and so you're going to tell me if you lose first and then come back, you're not even going to be at zero, right?
2: Correct, because your real average rate of return is not zero. <laughs> because if you lose 30, right? Now I have $70,000. Let's say I a $100,000 investment.
1: Okay. See so how? Okay, got it. Hundred thousand. I lose 30%, thirty percent. Thirty thousand dollars. I got seventy grand. Right. right. And now when I make thirty. thirty. I'm making thirty on a lower number. I'm making thirty on seventy thousand. Seventy thousand. Oh, that's the difference. So now we got. I made twenty-one thousand. You right? got it. Thirty percent of seventy. Twenty-one. So you know, now I got ninety one thousand. Ninety one thousand. I'm not back to even. Anyway. And
2: my r- average return was not zero, was it? Yeah. It, it was no, negative.
1: Not even close.
2: So that's where it gets a little bit confusing. And then sometimes when you're looking at all right, well my average rate of return on X is, you know, maybe fifteen percent. But the right. person still lost money. Sure. Because it's the geometric average is oh, what you want okay. to look for. Geometric? You yeah, make that up. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> hey, I'm a I'm a math whiz now. All right. Very but, good. So you have to look at things because with math, I mean, just right here. So you hear this, all right? The average
1: investable assets is three hundred thousand dollars.
2: So you'd think, hey, you know what? That's not that bad.
1: Yeah, I know. And then it says the household assets are uh, are eight hundred. Five hundred thousand, so that'll be the house and other stuff. So, you know, the average person, average family has eight hundred thousand in assets and have a little debt, so about seven hundred thousand in net worth. And you're thinking, all right, what's the what's the what's the problem here? Right, right. We can we can make that work. And I
2: think that might even be a better that we should use on this show and say, you know, what the average household has eight hundred thousand dollars of assets. Right. Because you know what that what you know what people would do with that information. They might say, you know what, I gotta save a little bit more.
1: Well, maybe that's a good idea. You you want to mean, right, right? Instead
2: of saying, well, the I'm average. Not, I'm not average.
1: Uh, yeah, right. I, no one wants to be average. But you take the the upper end out of that, and then if you're above ten yeah, thousand right? dollars, you're I'm, above I'm, average. I'm doing pretty good, yeah. <laughs> I forget. I, it. Mean, I forget need, it. I don't, I, don't need it. Need I don't need this finance stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't need to save money. And <laughs> right? I'm above the average. I got twelve grand. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> this is pretty. In fact, I'm going to spend two. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'm going to go on vacation to <laughs> yes. Cabo.
2: You know what, honey? Yeah. If, Let's buy that new car.
1: (laughs) We we, we can catch up later. $2,000 won't buy you too much of a car, but still. Maybe a down payment. Yeah.
2: So I I think we should start using some other statistics, Alan. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just saw it on the ticker of where I get my sources from is the elevator at our office. <laughs> that's, that's my primary source of information. 60% of our show
1: is the elevator news <laughs> Yeah, we so get. I'm coming down. I'm like, okay, it's, what the it's hell? It's a good well, thing we're on the 15th floor because if we were on the second floor, we'd have nothing. nothing. <laughs> we'd, we'd After about 20 minutes, it's like, what else do you got, Al? Uh, I, don't, I, I, I actually had a write-up... Fifteen floors to get some. Yeah, yeah, floor I had to go down. back up the elevator. I'm on the elevator out. for about half an hour a day. People keep just, seeing me. Just try. It's like, what are you doing? I'm. And I'm writing notes down. Yeah, right. I got that little screen, man. It's a. It's a whiz. It's pretty
2: good. Sixty-eight percent of Americans had less than one thousand dollars saved. Is
1: as... Don't quote me on that. Is what the elevator? That's what the source. elevator told me. <laughs> according to the yeah, elevator. According to. I don't know. if That's elevator appliance. I don't think they're. They usually don't lie, do they? I don't think so. They're no reason to. <laughs> yeah.
2: What do they got to lose? Oh
1: man. what, what other fun facts you got? Anything? Well, it's it's kind of interesting, I guess. I mean, this is uh, the amount of investable assets in the entire country is about Forty trillion. forty trillion. All right. Forty trillion. So that's made up of uh, about twenty-two trillion in retirement plans. Uh, twenty-two now. Yeah, twenty-two. Okay. And the difference, I guess, will be about eighteen trillion or so. Will be in in non-qualified, non-retirement accounts. Uh, but there's a total of. Let's see, sixty. No, I'm saying this all wrong. Sorry, let me back up. Forty trillion in investable assets. That's your IRAs. That's your four hundred one k's. Mutual that's, funds, that, stocks, brokerage. Yeah, accounts. that's your brokerage account. There's another twenty two trillion in retirement plans, like like qualified, you know, Define defined benefit, benefit plans, plans, defined contribution plans, things like that. So that's sixty million. But there's about trillion trillion thank you 60 billion would be a trouble 60 million, trouble. <laughs> 60 million. 60, about sixty thousand so good oh so my good. god so a hundred trillion in total household assets that includes our homes and our businesses about 14 trillion in debt so the our net worth our broad net worth in the United States for ah, to 125 million 124 million families is about 86 trillion dollars and so there again you think all right it's not bad, and I've just told you the average is six hundred eighty-seven thousand. That's pretty good, but when you look at the median, half of the people above, half the people below, that's a whole different number. That's a lot lower, uh, and and I'm not sure what the total household net worth is for the median, but I do know that the investable assets is only about nine thousand dollars, and so we got to get rolling here, Joe. We're a little behind.
2: <laughs> so we went through all of that just to get back to the nine thousand number. <laughs>
1: It's, I know, and our listeners cannot get these ten minutes back. I'm so sorry, they're, they're gone forever. All right, we're
2: we're just getting started, folks. We're just getting warmed up here on a Saturday. Don't worry about a thing because we got some more fun facts for you in just a minute. Oh, no, that's all I got. That's it. okay. All right, now it's
0: time for you to turn the station.
2: We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money or Wealth.
0: Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 AFMB.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. For those of you that suck around, thank you very much. Uh, the show's called Your Money Your Wealth. Joe Anderson here. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Colpine. He's a CPA.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, sir. Just CPA. Well, I suppose we could talk about some Social Security. I saw that article in your hand, so I think that would be good. You want me to get into that? I think that would be good, please. going to defer to me today. Yes, I am.
1: Well, I thought this was pretty interesting, Joe. And it's actually consistent with what we've heard before. It's it's an article from Investment News. It says, most women claim Social Security early. Hmm. And let me define what that means. Early means before full retirement age.
2: Right. So here's kind of the rules with Social Security if uh, you just tuned into life. Um, into life,
1: yeah. You were paying people, attention. Most Head knows. down, you great, let's, let's, your career, but never but thought about in it. Let's get the basics here. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Full retirement age for most um, people that are turning
1: uh, retirement is sixty-six. Yeah. That right now it is sixty-six. Although um, that will be 67, sixty-seven. Will soon be the age.
2: So sixty-six between sixty-six and sixty-seven would be your full retirement age, depending on your year of birth. Uh, So if you take it at full retirement age between 66 and 67, uh, you get your full benefit. So whatever that you see on your Social Security statement, roughly, and I can get into how that's calculated in just a minute... So let's say it's $1,000, right? right? So that's that, your monthly that's benefit. Your, okay? Yeah. And then if you take it at 62, you would receive a 25% permanent haircut. Uh, so you receive 750 bucks a month. And then if you wait until age 70, you wouldn't want to wait anything past that because you don't receive any, in, any more increase. So from full retirement age to age 70, you get this 8% delayed retirement credit. So each year that you wait, you get 8% more on the initial benefit or your full retirement benefit. And so you would receive about um, 33% more. Yeah,
1: 1,320, to
2: be yeah, exact. Exactly. Thank you, my CPA <laughs> 30, friend. 30, 32%. <laughs> 32%, some change. All right, so I rounded. Yes. So then you look at, well, what makes more sense for me? And we get this question. It's like, OK, well, Joelle, um, I'm 62. Should I take my benefits? Should I wait till full retirement age, or should I push it out to age 70? The answer that we will always give you is to push it out to age 70 if you had normal life expectancy. And right. everything
1: else was as average person. Yeah, and if you can afford to. Right. That's a, that's a big caveat. Not everyone can afford to.
2: If you have poor health, if you need the money, sure. well, then, of course, you take the money. Right. Uh, but if you have other assets to live off of, um, maybe you have a pension, maybe you're still working and things like that. Because if you're still working and you take it at 62, well, you make more than roughly $16,000. Do you mind right. if I round there? That's fine. Okay. Because I don't know the exact number. It's 15740 15, <laughs> uh, You sure? 90, 98% <laughs> sure. So let's just call it, we'll call it 16. So if you make more than that, all right, well, then every $2 that you earned over that, they take a dollar back. And so if I'm working my full time job, if I'm making more than $15,000, $16,000, it's not going to make a lot of sense for me to take it because they're just going to reduce the benefit. Yeah.
1: So we get that question all the time. Someone's 64 and, and, they, and, and maybe they've retired, but they want to do a part time job. And they say, well, how much can I make? And still get my full benefit. And it's about $16,000. And if you make more than that,
2: then they're gonna reduce it. But they, it's not like they don't, they, they take it away. What they do is they'll just
1: increase your benefit the following year. It's yeah, like you've that, never taken the that's benefit. That's important. Because like maybe, maybe you took your, your benefits at 62, that's the youngest age you can do it. At 63, you get a full time job and you lose those benefits. Well, it just gets added back to the equation. And when you do start taking it again, it's you'll have a higher amount. Correct.
2: And the when you look at how the the latest major change uh, to Social Security was back in the '80s, and they haven't done any major changes to Social Security since then. They, they I mean, they, just recently they changed some claiming regs, you sure, know, with right. violence and right. suspend and restricted application, and we we beat that to death. Um, but they looked at life expectancy back then in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Well, life expectancy today in the you know 2016 is a little bit different. So. If you took your benefits at age 62 or 66 or 70 back in the 80s, as long as you weren't working to reduce that benefit, you roughly got the same amount of money if you lived in the life expectancy. Now, we're living a lot longer. So the studies show us that it makes sense for a lot of us to postpone taking our Social Security benefits because we're living longer and that higher benefit. The break-even, people want to know what that break-even is. and It depends on what assumptions that you use. I'll use age 79, 78. If you live longer than yeah. 78, 79, well, then it's going to make a lot more sense to push this thing out. Yeah, and it could be 80, 81, but in that range, right? And if you look at life expectancies today, um, I think we all can agree that all of us are going to live a lot longer, um, you know, with the advancements of medical and everything else. So, our advice, if you have normal life expectancy, is to push it out. However, what the stats tell us is that still, what maybe two or three percent of individuals still they push it out to seventy. Most well, people are still claiming as soon as yeah, they can get it.
1: I, now, according to this this most recent survey, uh, which is what started this segment. Uh, About 80% of women are claiming Social Security before they hit full retirement age. 80%. 80%. Sounds about right. So in other words, 20% are either waiting to full retirement age or longer. So 80% are claiming earlier, which means they're getting a reduced benefit for the rest of their life. And the reason why this is, I mean, it's important for men and women, but it's especially important for women, because women live on average about four years to five years longer than men. And if you can wait and take those benefits later, then you're going to have a lot more money to work with through your retirement. And that's, you know, you, you think about women and men, but I'm, I'm talking about women, that's what this article is about, uh, they, as they age, as men age too, but you have more medical issues, and having that extra income would be really, really handy. And that's a pretty big difference. So, from $1,000 at full retirement age, to 750 at 62, to 1320 per month at age 70, that would just be at a minimal amount. I mean, you could multiply the, those by two or three, for, in some cases, in much higher amounts. And so what people are, are suggesting at this point is, this is probably the best longevity insurance that you could possibly get.
2: Right. That's how you got to look at it, is longevity insurance. But I understand. I've been doing this close to 20 years. Al's been doing it, what, 30-some odd years, helping people with their overall finances. Um, I'm not sure how long you were doing whatever, Al. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I was doing <laughs> I was doing taxes, <laughs> so they, they anyway, asked me about mind, Social mind. Security strategies. Never, as I said, "Yeah, uh, talk to Joe Anderson."
2: Never mind. Um, <laughs> my mind wandered there for a second. Um, and if you if you look at it most people take it as soon as they can get it right yeah, that's true and so it, it you want to make sure that you have a strategy in mind because they take it and why why you take it is because you want me you, you, you just gave up your paycheck and if you don't have a pension you need that sense of security to make sure that at least some dollars are coming in that is fixed and guaranteed yes you know and then it's like okay well at least I can have this two thousand dollars coming in then I can build on top of that and maybe take some for my savings my retirement accounts and everything else It may make sense for a lot of you to maybe start with your retirement plans first and push your Social Security out because you're getting that guaranteed 8% delayed retirement credit and we can get into a different segment of how it's taxed. Also, here's one other thing to, to note is that Social Security benefits are based on your highest 35 years of earnings. Highest 35 years of earnings. So sometimes people will say, well, hey, if I'm going to work this part-time job, is it going to hurt my Social Security benefit? Maybe you retire at age 62, 63, you don't take your benefit, and maybe you go back and work part-time. Is that going to hurt the benefit? No, The bene- what you see on your statement in most cases is pretty close if you have that full 30, 30 uh, 35 years of wages. So if you're going to continue to work, and maybe you work um, half as much, so your paycheck is half of what it was the year before, your Social Security benefit is not going to go down. They'll still take the highest 35 years. So if that's lower, it's no big deal. However, that could be higher than maybe another year that you worked, or maybe you didn't have a full 35 years. Maybe it was only 34 years. So that added year of benefit is going to plug in that zero so your benefit will actually increase. And if you continue to work, let's say past 70, you take your benefit at age 70, and you're still working, you have very high income? right well your benefit will recalculate each year so those higher benefits that still calculates in 35 years so they'll always take a look at the 35 highest years of your overall benefit so you want to make sure because for a lot of you right i don't care how much money that you have this could be worth about a million bucks in some cases to you so you want to make sure that you get it right because retiring successful today it it doesn't happen by accident it's more than just saving and Investing for retirement, it happens with a plan. It happens with a plan on how and when you'll claim your Social Security benefits. It happens with a plan for when you will withdraw your money from your IRAs, 401K, and other retirement accounts. It happens with a plan to pay fewer taxes. And it happens with a plan to turn your savings and investments into income while still reducing your risk. Do you have that plan?
0: Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB.
2: welcome back to the show. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klofine. He's a CPA. Uh, Go to our website at purefinancial.com, purefinancial.com. A lot of really cool things coming up here uh, in the next few weeks. You can go to our Learning Center. There's a lot of really good videos. I think we have over 300 videos on that, Uh, quick ones, long ones, uh, Al and I also do a television program uh, that airs tomorrow morning. Um, if you are in San Diego on what, Channel Eight, correct? Six six thirty
1: a.m. Six thirty a.m. Yeah, yes, 3, you got to get up for it. You have to want it. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to really want it.
2: Yeah, you got to be committed for that <laughs> one. And uh, yeah, that's uh, your money Your wealth TV style. If you haven't seen an episode, you can always go to our website and check it out there, um, or YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel and Pure Financial or Your Money Your Wealth. One of the two. You can. Google it. <laughs> You'll probably find it. Job. I'm pretty sharp with this uh, yeah, show I can today.
1: See. Uh, we're talking about Social Security benefits at that past segment, Alan. We were, and and uh, I've got. I was going over this article that most women claim Social Security early. John, Is that Mary and, Beth Franklin? Uh, yes. All right. Yeah, our, our favorite, uh, and. Uh, I was mentioning that about 80% of retired uh, women are claiming Social Security early, which means before their full retirement age, which is currently at age 66. And the danger of that, Joe, is that, uh, of course, then you get a reduced benefit for the rest of your life. Now, it is indexed for inflation with a cost of living index, but it's a reduced benefit for life. If you wait till 66, it's what they call full retirement age. And then if you wait till age 70, that's the last age, then it's actually quite a bit more. You can get a lot more. And for you women, you're living. If you're age 65, we already right? We
2: talked about this one. We just
1: recapping the whole second? I got more than do. Just let me talk, brother. So if you you're not a woman, so you don't have to listen to this. If you're a lady, um, if you're 65 yes. and female, you have uh, your your life expectancy. Average life expectancy would be age 89, 88, 89. Got it. Okay. So to have a higher income. For the years that you're going to be living, many of you into your 90s, that would be really, really super helpful. And right now, only about 5%, if that, are actually waiting till age 70. And it used to be even lower than that, Joe, way back when.
2: Right. Well, well, I think the point is this, is that you want to look at all facets. And I wanted to get into the taxation of it because it gets fairly complicated. And I think if more people really understood how the taxation of Social Security worked, and how it's going to affect their overall bottom line, because it's the after-tax dollars that's really True. what you want to be concerned with. Yeah, it's one thing to make a ton of money, but it's what you keep, it's right? what Yes, right. I mean, that old saying, it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. Right. And I think when you put a tax strategy or tax plan into place with your retirement savings, you can stretch those dollars out more than you think. And I think a lot of individuals will still believe that they will be in a lower tax bracket. I was teaching at um, a, a community college in San Diego uh, this week. And, you know, the, the individual asked a question is like, man, I've saved, you know, uh, I want to maintain my, my same lifestyle, you know, and actually I want to spend more, you know, when I get into retirement, right? And it's like, Okay. And so where, and then I was going through the taxation of different investments, such as you know retirement accounts are taxed at ordinary income rates. Roth IRAs would be taxed free, um, and if you had a brokerage account or assets outside of your retirement accounts that has a special capital gains tax treatment if you hold that asset for a year. And so they're like, well, yeah, I want to spend more than I'm I'm currently spending now, um, and then so we went through. All right, well, where are most of your assets, right? Well, it's in my retirement account. I said, all right. And then we got into strategy of looking at maybe Roth IRA conversions, you know, looking at tax loss harvesting and different tax strategies. What you do with your assets, but then the, the second thing that comes out of their mouth is like, well, why would I do? Why would I do that? I'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, right? I mean, it's so ingrained in people's sure. brains that hear. it's like. I'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement. And that is so true for so many people because we just went through these crazy, stupid statistics. If you missed that segment, I'm telling you. You're blessed. You you might want to go back to our podcast and listen to that. But a lot of people haven't saved money. So, yes, when you're talking to a big group of people, the majority of them will be in a lower tax bracket. But you that is driving, that is listening to us right now. You are probably not because you're listening to a financial planning, financial show. And for most individuals that listen to the show, either want to be um, in a place where they're saving money or they have saved money and they want to protect it either from inflation, taxes, volatile markets, fees, whatever. So for those individuals that have saved money, that want to maintain their same lifestyle or spend more money in retirement, and if all of your money is in a retirement account that is taxed, just like your paycheck today... How
1: are you going to be in a lower tax bracket? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and it, when you think about it, if you want to spend more than what you're spending today, right? And where do you get that money? You get it out of your retirement account, which is all taxable, just like a, a paycheck, if you will. It's taxed at ordinary income rates. Now, you don't have Social Security and Medicare and some of those things. but Right, got- so
2: here's the things that you save. I mean, and then people, oh, I'm going to s- spend less. Yes, you don't put into FICA tax, right? So that's 7% right roughly okay mm-hmm. you you're yeah. with me yes right. you might save a little bit of money on gas right, because you're not driving back and forth to the office or whatever sure. you might save some money on clothes right but still all right so that's maybe 20 percent. yeah you're not saving into your 401k but then where's that other 20 percent going right traveling yeah it's tra- saturday every day when you're retired
1: yep it's so where, where
2: are you going right now you're going to home people aren't you Right? Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs>
1: right?
2: What are you going to do? You're going to spend money. right? That's so just think of it. Saturday every day. That's, That's right, I'm talking about.
1: That's right, after the show. Home Depot. Uh, you know, yeah, people get a, know what I'm talking I about. I want to get a little palm tree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Joe, when it comes to Social Security, uh, the interesting thing is, it varies as to how it's taxed. For example, if you don't have any other income at all except for Social Security, usually it's tax-free. Right. Taxed at zero. There is no taxation. And then, if you have, if you make a certain amount of money, then there is a point where half of it is taxable. Uh, that's not the tax rate. That just means half of your Social Security is taxable, maybe in the 10 or 15 percent bracket. And then there gets to be a point where about 85 percent of it of that Social Security is taxable. So let me say it another way. This will become clearer. Worst case, 15% of your Social Security income is 100% tax-free. You don't pay any taxes on that. And better yet, for those of you in California, you listening to our show, it's in California podcast, I'm not sure, but California does not charge, uh, does not count Social Security as taxable income. So in other words, it's completely tax-free in California. In
2: California, it's what, upwards of 10% tax? right. right. So you think of it like that and say, all right, well, maybe I want to have that pool of money grow at 8% so it's a lot larger dollar figure that's fixed, guaranteed, and it's going to be tax-free from the state of California, and I'm only going to have to pay, I know only, I know some of you are thinking, well, I got tax going in, I'm getting tax going out. Yeah, well, that's that's the law that we're in today. But still, your retirement account is 100% taxable, state and federal in California. Sure. Social Security, not tax California. Hey, you get a little bit of a tax buffer on the federal side. Maybe it makes sense to dip into your retirement accounts first a little bit, right? And then let that grow. Yeah. And then now you have—and then your, your your income at that point is going to be more tax-efficient. And you wait till 70, and if you don't do it, for those of you that have large balances in your retirement accounts, guess what? You have to take a required distribution at age 70 and a half. So here's the problem. People are taking their Social Security too early, and then they're dipping into their non-qualified accounts. So they're dipping into their cash, right? They're spending down their cash in their brokerage accounts first. They're letting their retirement accounts continue to defer until they have to pull it out at 70 And a half, right? So now you have Social Security at a lower dollar figure. You're running out of non qualified dollars because you spent those down. And then now you have this huge required distribution that you can't really do anything with. Your tax planning is, right? it's, It's more difficult. It's not like you can't do anything, but it's a little bit more difficult.
1: Yeah, so I would say it this way, Joe. When you're in your 60s and you've just retired, it's really uh, you have to be really careful how you set up those first few years, your distribution plan, which is where do you pull the money from? Do you start Social Security? Do you start a pension? Uh, Do you take money out of your IRAs? Do you take it out of your Roth IRAs? Do you take it out of your savings account? Because if you can come up with a multifaceted strategy, by the time you hit 70 and a half, you could have a lot of your IRA dollars converted into a Roth. Those would be tax-free. You've deferred your Social Security. A bunch of that's tax-free. And if you have less required distributions, then probably even less of your Social Security will be taxable. It's, it's a point that's missed in so many cases. And it's, it's simply because people don't realize they have control over their taxes if they just know what the best strategies are. And usually, Joe, it's it's several strategies all at once. Right. So it's not just one size fits all. It's like, well, for you, maybe you right. want to do this, 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 and this. And someone else, it's completely different. But it's gaining control over your taxes so that you can stay out of higher brackets in the future. And if you don't think you're going to be in higher brackets, if you've saved a lot of money in retirement accounts, you're going to be in higher brackets. Right. And then the problem is people don't even know it until it's too late. Until I it's guess. too late. And we, hear, and we talk to people that are in their 70s they're taking these required minimum distributions and they say man I wish I would have met you guys ten years ago but I'll tell you what there is a way to figure this out you got to have a forward-looking tax strategy and this is all about trying to figure out what what are the best strategies for you right now uh, mix a few together so that by the time you hit 65 70 whatever it may be you're in a much better spot
0: now back to your money your wealth on talk radio
2: 760 AFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. The show's called Your Money or Wealth. Joe Anderson here, certified financial planner, alongside Big Al Copine He's a CPA. Hey, um, Monday's the tax filing deadline for those that extended. Correct? It sure is. A couple of other things too is that if you did a Roth IRA conversion, right? Um, so that's taking money from your 401k, IRA, 403b, any qualified plan, and converted that to a Roth IRA. You have until Monday to recharacterize that, put it back into the IRA. Why would you want to do that? Well, maybe you don't want to pay the tax for one thing, and you're saying, yeah, I listened to the show, Your Money, Your Wealth. These guys were telling me that maybe I should take a look at it. You converted it, and you're like, nope, I don't want to pay the tax. I'm going to kick the can down the uh, street. Sure, do that. Uh, You have until Monday to recharacterize your uh, Roth IRAs. Um,
1: What else do I need to look at, Al, before Monday? Well, before Monday, not not a lot of time. But let's say you are self-employed. Self-employed, I can still do a SEP plan. That's correct. That's a simplified employer pension plan. Uh, and if you're if you're not incorporated, that would be a sole proprietorship. What we call Schedule C on your tax return. Then you can do uh, it's it's twenty percent of your profits, and it's not quite that clean because. Yeah, there's a, there's a circular calculation. It's actually probably closer to about 18.5%. So if you make about $100,000, you can put in about $18,500. you would have to do that by Monday, too. It's really the only pension plan that you can do after the fact. Every other pension plan you had to set up by December 31st of last year, and you can fund many of them later. But, the but I s-
2: wonder why the SEP plan is the tax filing deadline while a standard IRA
1: is April 15th stupid you, you got me God. right there's <laughs> right there's all kinds what, of things. Because maybe small
2: businesses, they extend because it takes them, I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe because their their records are more complicated, I guess, right? It takes them longer to figure it out. No, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, so you have mm-hmm. until um, Monday to be able to fund your set plan. But if you do a recharacterization or, or fund a set plan, make sure you do it early in the morning, <laughs> especially if you do it through a broker. Right. Uh, you know, the markets close at one, and they may not take the paperwork after, who knows, right. 10 o'clock, nine o'clock. I don't know. Here's um, something when it comes to recharacterizations,
2: too. Um, I've seen a few mistakes. I've I ha- um, handled a few uh, phone calls from our um, listeners that like to do things on their own, sure. which is fine. Yeah, nothing which wrong with that. Great. Um, but sometimes you might want to listen to more than a half a show. <laughs> Before you, uh, before of it. you start implementing some of this stuff, because it, we get fairly complex. Um, you know, Al and I do this every day for hundreds of individuals. Um, so. It's a little bit easier, I think, for us in how we talk about it. Maybe sound sounds simple.
1: Yeah, we probably oversimplify it just so folks can understand it. Right. But sometimes we leave out some of the details.
2: A little bit. And um, that's why we have all these different caveats on this show. <laughs> Is that hypothetical <laughs> yes. illustrations? Yes, So here's some of the problems. Okay. That if you want to look at, let's say, just this real simple thing of a Roth IRA conversion. Okay. Here's simple issues that people have um, that hopefully that you can now avoid. All right? That's the name of this segment.
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, this is like a little fireside chat. <laughs> yes,
2: it is. So when you do a Roth IRA conversion, that's taking money from your IRA to a Roth IRA, please set a set up a separate Roth IRA. Some of you have Roth IRA contributions that you've been putting money into the Roth IRA for many years. Right, And let's say you put $5,000, $5,500 in, or maybe you've started a Roth IRA back in you know, the late 90s or early 2000s when it was just a couple thousand dollars. And then each year you've maxed it out. And so you have a decent sum of money in your Roth IRA, and you've started it for 10 years. And over that 10-year time period, those dollars that you contributed to your Roth has growth in it. Then you decide, you know what, I want to do a Roth IRA conversion. Maybe you convert $10,000, $20,000, $50,000. If you ever do that, always convert into a separate Roth. Don't commingle them. You can have multiple Roth IRAs. People get confused. Well, I already have a Roth IRA. Can I set up another Roth IRA? Yes. A Roth IRA conversion is totally different than a contribution. There's always two ways to get money into a Roth. There's a straight contribution if you qualify. Those are after-tax dollars. You need earned income. And if you make more, uh, then let's say, what, $132,000 AGI if you're single, and it's $197,000
1: yeah 194 194
2: 194 yeah I knew it was 194 194,000 if you're, you're married seeing if I was paying attention yes I was, which I, was I was teetering you Te- teetering right there <laughs> I saw that Right. So then you can qualify for a contribution, a conversion. Anyone can do a Roth IRA conversion. No matter how old you are, no matter how much income that you have, as long as you have a retirement account, you could convert some of those dollars. Now, it, there's caveats there, too. It depends on your plan document. Can you do an in-service withdrawal? Yada, yada, yada. But now I'm taking money, let's say, from an old IRA, and I'm going to move it to a Roth. Set up a new Roth account. Set up a new Roth IRA account so it has a separate account number.
1: So I, so I got a Roth already, yep. so I'm setting up another account. I can do it at the same custodian, even. Sure, you they, they got don't, your money they,
2: at Fidelity or don't Vanguard. Care. or I don't, Yeah, yeah you don't could care.
1: have 10 Roth accounts at Fidelity or, or Schwab or whatever. Whatever. So open up a separate account, then put that conversion
2: in that separate account because here's why once you decide the following year you're like all right do i want to keep this roth ira conversion or do i want to re-characterize it and what re-characterize means is that you just take it back from the roth and put it back into your ira why would you want to do that is because you don't want to pay the tax maybe the growth of the overall account didn't perform maybe you lost money in whatever multiple reasons the IRS is flexible. They say, all right, well, if you don't want to keep it in the Roth, just put it back in the IRA. No harm, no fall, no taxes, nothing. If you put it into your existing Roth, this is where it can get to be a nightmare, right? Because now you're co mingling. I had my Roth IRA contribution, cont- you know, contributory Roth that I've been funding for the last 10 years, and then now I put new money into that Roth, Al. If I try to recharacterize it, it's a nightmare because then that dollar has growth. Your other, pre, you know, after-tax yeah. dollars has had growth over the last ten years, and then it's pro-rata that went and then it's, you tr- you weird. try to explain that to the custodian. It's, it's very like putting, yeah, it's putting cream in your coffee, and then you're saying, you know what? I don't want cream. I'm lactose intolerant, <laughs> and this is the only cup Whoops. of coffee in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm addicted to coffee. Right? What are you gonna do?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good analogy, Jared. So you
2: you're trying to get the cream out. It's 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 going to blow you up. That's why I think most people need some le- level of guidance just to make sure that they don't make stupid mistakes, simple mistakes. Right? I shouldn't say stupid mistakes because they're they're, they're they're common mistakes. They're common
1: mistakes and as a CPA Joe, I've seen a lot of these mistakes over the years and and it does amaze me, to be honest, that we keep seeing them, although maybe it shouldn't, because it's this stuff is complicated. But I do know what happens, and I've seen it time and time again, is that when somebody makes a mistake, they finally get serious about, all right, let let me get some advice, or let me figure out how to do this, because I, I didn't really quite understand it. Because the truth is, you can save more in taxes than you think, but you do need to have a forward-looking, tax-efficient strategy.